0: Secrets of a Dance Hit with Ridney.
1: hello you welcome along to season two that's right we're on season two at the moment of secrets of a dance here I hope you're enjoying things so far and if you can and you're able to drop a couple of coins into our patreon it's patreon.com ridney to keep secrets of a dance it going I would sincerely appreciate it now our guest this week talks about her journey over to Germany to create not one but three big house tunes she's gone on to have an amazing career, uh, featuring it on so many great records and also working in different genres of music. An absolute honor and a pleasure to talk to Miss Inaya Day. Secrets of a dance hit with Ridney. So welcome along another episode, this time heading over to the USA and an absolutely fantastic vocalist. I've had the great pleasure of working with her and she has appeared on just such massive, massive records. A big welcome to Inaya Day. (laughs) Thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. Where do we start? I think at the beginning, which is just how everything started for you with with music and how you got into music?
0: Well, I've been in music all my life. I have a lot of musicians in my family. Of course, I started in church. Then I went on to the musical theater and uh, then I got a show from New York. I auditioned for something in New York on Broadway and the same producers were producing a show in Dusseldorf, Germany. Um, And they hired me to work there. So I flew to Dusseldorf and moved to Germany. I lived there for five years Wow! during that course yeah during that course I met Yilmas. Yilmas is a mutual friend of mine and Boris Lugosh's. And he kept saying that I should meet his friend Boris and that Boris should meet you know, oh, you should meet my friend Anaya. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, <laughs> we linked up so that we could make Yomas happy. And then from that, Keep Pushing was born.
1: Wow. So, yeah, I've always thought, how did that connection happen? I mean, the records were coming in to the UK from where I was DJing on Peppermint Jam. And, and obviously... I'm I'm pretty sure if I, memory serves correct that um, Keep Pushing On and Hold Your Held Up Eye and stuff came out on um, Peppermint Jam yeah. and yeah they were just so big on the underground and how quickly did you get to meet the guys or get to meet Boris and and start working together. I had to take a
0: train from Dusseldorf, Germany to Hanover where Boris and Musti are. Yeah. And it took about four hours on the train. So I took the train about four hours. I was just getting over like the flu or something, I remember. Right. And when in the beginning of the song when I go, it's so low for me is because when I got there, they had like a skeleton track or whatever they had the track. Okay. and I started singing different things. Um, Errol gave me the direction he wanted to go he said you know we want to write something about if you keep on and things will always you know look up if you can just get through the bad parts and Mm. you know just trying to tell me what kind of direction I said okay so I kept singing things off the top of my head until I got to keep pushing on and then Woosie was like yeah yeah keep going keep going so I kept doing that and building from there and basically singing things I heard in church like the mountains seem too high and the valley low that kind of thing and that's how it came about and um, to me, in my eyes, it was a demo because they were like, "Oh, can you sing that um, a little stronger?" I said, "Well, um, I'm just getting over the flu, and it's so low for me."
1: So that's just that's just a little bit of you re- reacting, and they're like, "Right, we're having that. That's going in the record because it's so distinct. That's like the very beginning of the record, and it's so distinctive, isn't it?"
0: Yes, indeed. And they were recording everything we said, and I didn't realize that. And they're like, "Yeah," and I said, "Well, you know, it's it's um, I'm just." Getting over the flu, and it's so low for me. And then when I first heard it, it's, like, it's so low for me, it's so low for me. I was like, oh,
1: snap. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So the guys had a skeleton track. Um, how quickly did the kind of vocal come together? Was it just you guys a day in the studio? Was there a lot of edits, or, or was it real? you know, quick vibe on it.
0: It was totally me going in the studio that one day because we lived four hours apart. So um, I just sang that. And in my eyes, I you know, the way I was used to dealing with things because I was in hip hop and R&B first, we make a demo, you live with it for a while and then you record it for real. Um, the way of doing it for house music, especially underground, I recorded it. And the next thing I knew, um, I was at home in New York on hiatus from the um, show I was doing, Little Shop of Horrors but it was the German version, Dead Kleiner Hordeladen. Right. And I was on my break and I heard Noonday Master Mix. Keep
1: pushing. No and I was like, way. oh, snap. <laughs> so that was the first you heard it. Wow.
0: Yeah, on the radio. That's the first time I'd heard it. It was a demo as far as I was concerned. So when it came out, when I heard it on the radio, I was shocked and surprised. But <clears throat> then we all spoke and they were like, you have a big record on your hands. And da, 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 da. I was like, who knew? So we worked out all the particulars yeah. and everything and i was constantly on the road and i had that one house tune plus a bunch of demos that i had done in new york so i pulled through some of the demos that i had done in new york and i was performing keep pushing um boris's mix and then i would do a couple of my demos and then do the um a uh, atfc mix at the end of the set of keep right, pushing so we right, got to keep right, 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 pushing right. twice but two different mixes and that would like round off the show to like four songs at least you know
1: so where, was there then a um, you know a real push to get you back over to Germany to do some more stuff with the guys it was, uh, were they keen for you to go back over or were you then able to work from the states and send stuff over how did you
0: I lived in Germany so I was at home in New York on hiatus gotcha but I also had a place in Germany I had to go back home anyway So by the time they hit me up, it was 1996. We had to do a follow-up. And the follow-up is hold your head up high. Yeah. And we sat down, Errol Reynolds and I, side by side. And he said, let's do it this way. You write a verse, and I write a verse. Let's not even tell each other the melody or anything. Let's just write it. And then we put them together and see if they match. And I was like, bet. So that's what we did. And that's how we came up with, you might be in Tribulation. Yeah, just writing it side by side and not consulting.
1: What an incredible way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really awesome way to write, isn't it? I've, I you know.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was great and it's no pressure and nobody's saying, "Oh, change this word. Oh, I kind of like that, but it's dated." You know, you write what you think, He wrote what he felt and we just put them together.
1: What we hear is pretty much how that flowed, right?
0: Yes. Wow. Because that day, I recorded the record, like, right there. He sang his to me, I sang mine to him, and that was it.
1: I, I guess that came out again quite quickly, and, and the feedback's coming in, and and everything's cool on, on that record. So that was sort of two for two, right?
0: Yeah, they were like, um, you know, Keep Pushing is a big hit. You don't realize it because you're not paying attention to it, because I was so busy in my... Um, at this point, I had, um, you know, I was still... Dibbling and dabbling in musical theater because I had been in musical theater all my life. I had a band, so I was constantly gigging with my band right, right. and touring for Keep Pushing. So I wasn't really paying attention. I would come in, sing Keep Pushing, or you know, do my set, and then leave because I had to go to the next city. So I wasn't really hearing what was going on in the club at the time and and didn't realize how big Keep Pushing had gotten so they said yeah we need a follow up and that's why we did hold your head up high and that's why Boris and Musti made sure the baseline is very similar to Keep Pushing Yes. so they would know that okay that's distinctive that's Boris and, and Naya right. even though right. I would not use my name at that time it started off as Boris Lugosh presents
1: Boom it was yeah that's right I'm, I'm thinking back now to the um, promos that I've got next to me here of when I originally bought them back in the '90s. A lot of us were geeking out to find out who it was, the vocalist. You know what I mean? Trying to find—is it on the on the sticker anywhere and all that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, it's funny because so many people until like 2004 or five were like oh my god you made that oh my god that's you like they had no idea and the same with horny like we used project names at the time i didn't want my name on it because i was doing hip-hop r&b and musical theater and i didn't want to like muddy the lines now it would it wouldn't matter but back then it kind of mattered if you were doing your r&b stuff or your hip-hop stuff and then you were on some kind of house track sure, or sure sure i was, get that
1: i get that 100 yeah
0: there was a moment when it was all one and then it became separate and now it's all one again yeah 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 so i was kind of caught in the middle so uh i said yeah just use a project name especially because i didn't know what it was going to do i didn't really know the guys and i was like eh, i may not want to put my name on it but mm-hmm. it has my name in the credits as the vocalist yeah. but then we re-recorded them and put my name on them and everything in like 2003 or something yeah like yeah that. yeah and and it goes that's still too low for me
1: and that's when yes, i recorded oh is it <laughs> oh it's a re-recorded one yeah oh cool yeah i didn't know that that's that's fab <laughs> so those two those two have have been massive massive records certainly on on the underground house scene for sure i mean even now you play either of those records and they get incredible reaction. What was the kind of time period between those two and Horny? Was it was it all part of the same era of production? Was it almost right? We need to do number three. We need to...
0: Yeah, it was kind of like that. We recorded... Um- <sighs> keep pushing in 95 it became popular in 96 so um i was touring 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 in 96 Then in 97 is when we released hold your head up high in 98 is when horny was released so they're back to back one year after the other horny is sung with emma lanford that was another time that i had recorded the song with just musty in the in the studio and um then I went home to New York on hiatus. They were like, oh, Errol came up with some verses. And can you come back and sing them? I said, well, I'm not due back for another week. No, no, we really want to get this done. Yada, yada, yada. Because it was, Moosey already had the track out by itself as an instrumental. And then he decided he wanted to put some vocals to it. And he said, Jif, can you come in? Because he calls me by my nickname. We come in and sing this? And then we came up, on oh, honey, on And we laughed. And we had a good time doing it. And uh, when I went home, they decided to put verses. And I was like, "Ah, you can get somebody else to do it. That's fine. He was like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got Emma Lanford and she rocked it. And we wound up doing it as a duet. And um, Horny was born.
1: Yeah, because there was the first version that was obviously, as you say, the instrumental. And there were two kind of, there was a picture disc, a Peppermint Jam picture disc of it, plus the normal vinyl. And so, yep. on that particular one, with the horny top line, it, that was, what, something you came up with, or the it was collective again, or how how did it kind of flow in the studio?
0: Oh, that was basically Moosty. Moosty told me, he said, sing, I'm horny, horny, oh, horny, horny it. tonight. So he was like, like that. do And it. I said, okay, cool. And I just kind of put it in form, you know what I mean? Yeah, He yeah, told yeah. me, he went, I'm horny, 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 So horny, 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 horny tonight. And I just did it my way, and I said, can I add some backgrounds? And on some of the mixes, you hear the, ooh. Right. Right. He was real cool with letting me create. Yeah. So I created around what he had given me, and uh, that's how Juani was born. And then the verses and stuff came.
1: Yeah, because obviously it was blowing up as a, as an instrumental. I think it got licensed to a bigger label, and obviously then... The, the vocal mixes came in. So, yeah, just kept with your uh, choruses and then verses were written around that. And, and yeah, it, it had kind of yeah. two leases of life, really, that record, didn't it? It was
0: Exactly.
1: Huge already as an instrumental and then really became, I mean, uh, forgive me, I'm going to talk mainly on the UK part because it just was so big in the UK. It obviously crossed over to be a, uh, I think it was, a top 10. It was definitely top 10, I'm sure of it. He says, quickly yeah. double checking how how well it did. Um, but I, oh, it know.
0: did very well.
1: I'm looking at my goal record. On go, my oh, wall. hey, go on. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Straight in. <laughs> and I it's mean, it's a UK, UK goal record as well. Yeah, yeah UK AM, goal record. I mean, yeah, AMPM. That's right. It was just phenomenal in this country there's no question and and i know it it just blew up across europe and and so on didn't it so yeah all
0: um, over the world we were blessed because uh um in australia it actually went platinum did it and um yeah and it was really cool because they had this drive time drive time segment on nova which is you know one of their main stations yeah and um in the afternoon at like 5 30 they would blow those horns, and it would go, tin, 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 and horny would come on the radio, and anybody who was listening to their station would blow their horns outside. you just hear the horns blowing. No It was... Incredible to see and hear because I was at the radio station and they said you know what Anaya you, we have something special for you we want you to look outside mm. and I was like really is this a joke are you playing a joke I mean they said no look outside and they pu- pushed the window open and they said and I heard them I'm in the studio with them and they're saying alright everybody you ready da, 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 da. it's time you know what time it is and it said dun, dun, dun. and everybody outside started going burr, burr, b-dun, b-dun. "Wow!" and I couldn't believe it it was amazing amazing Amazing!
1: That is the impact of that record. You must have just been like, "Wow, these records really have done something, right?" Am I right in saying you were still at that time not wanting you didn't have your name on the track?
0: Yeah, for the first three, um, yeah, my name is in the credits but not in the the artist title. But after the third one, I got a clue and I was like, "Okay, God, you must want me to be a dancer." Yeah, this is this is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So what 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 came after Horny? Because that's like you were saying, and and i realise now, as you say, it was it was one re- you know a big record from you guys every single year, to the point yeah. where I guess Horny was. And please correct me if I am wrong. Horny was arguably the biggest of the. You know, it kind of built up. Each record was bigger than the last, right?
0: Yes, uh, except um, "You Hold Your Head Up High" went pretty big too, but it was sandwiched between "Keep Pushing" and "Horny" as the classics. "Keep Pushing" is still being licensed to big companies today. Um, we licensed to Adidas, who licensed the song oh, wow. to Foot Locker, and it played during the Super Bowl. And we've been getting a lot of uh, movement on Keep Pushing even still. For television shows, we get a lot of sync licensing Really? That's pushing. interesting to know. Yes. And
1: I, I know as well with, with both that and Hold Your Head Up High, especially Hold Your Head Up High, is you hear lots of other records that kind of are sampling bits of it. You're going to say, what have you heard recently? I, I know in the last year there was, I'm sure there was something that sampled a bit of hold your head up high. They're just really, really distinctive vocals, oh, aren't they? They're so unique. Uh, the
0: light. Is that There's what a it was? Song called the light. There you go. Yeah. By. Go. Um, uh, oh, I can't think of their name. It's Undefected.
1: That's right. That's the one I'm thinking of. So, how does that feel? That people still want to go, guys? We love. We love this. Can we? Can we sample it? Can we reuse it? You know, how do you feel about that?
0: That's. Um, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, I think every artist wants to have passive income when you are older or you get into another facet of the business or get out of the business. It's a good thing to know that you've, um, created a work that will last the test of time. First of all, second of all, that it has touched people's lives and ears. Yeah, that they like it that much. And third of all, that you can keep making money off of those songs without lifting a finger. So everybody loves passive income. So it's been a blessing.
1: How did things flow? After Horny, you'll have to forgive me. I'm I'm trying to think what happened post Horny. Was there another uh, record that you guys put out? What was sort of happening? We put out a
0: few, but I wound up doing a whole lot of other records with a whole lot of other people. I have over 120 singles. Wow! And I've never done a full album. But um, what is that?
1: That's crazy.
0: I know. It just never happened. And then I realized I didn't need it. You know, I was like, well, I don't need to do an album if I want to. Cool but it just never came into play you know Mm. i was just never never had to do one (laughs) so i got over and um after that, we did a song called Better Things. Yeah. We got better things coming at ya. Yeah. So we that went really well in the UK. I had to tour for that. Um, and then I was assigned to Strictly Rhythm and um, did a song called Feel It. Feel it, you know I feel it.
1: Oh, and I do remember really- that. Yeah, feel yeah. it. Yeah, of course.
0: Yep. And that was, of course, under my own name, Anaya Day. And, um, yeah, after Horny, I started using my name. And Nasty Girl came in 2004. Um, Between that time, after um, Better Things, we were working on other people's projects, like Randy Crawford, who made Street Life.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah, Randy Crawford,
0: yeah. Yeah, she had, I believe, 12 songs on her... Randy, Randy, Randy album, Every Kind of Mood. And I think there are 12 songs, and I am singing on 10 of them. Oh, wow. And co wrote the first and second single. Wow. We co wrote that. Incredible. And, um, then we worked on bootsy collins album i did a song with moosty and bootsy and then when i got back to america bootsy collins called me and asked me if i would write with him so i wrote two songs on that album and sang on six of them on his album and um then moosty and i did a remix for two remixes really for warner and it was for missy elliott one um, remember her song? Did you know about the gossip? Folk? And he goes, yes. dun, 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 dun. Wow. yeah. So I, I, the remix. I'm the one singing the hook. I wrote that hook uh, for Missy Elliott. And then we did Timberland and Magoo, um, featuring Missy Elliott. Um, yeah, so we, we were doing a lot of work in between there for other artists as well as ours. Yeah, and
1: it wasn't just... Th- that's really interesting because it wasn't just house music either, was it?
0: No, not at all. We were R&B heads. Musti is um, actually a classical pianist. So we were able to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do with another
1: produce just solely a house music producer i find that so interesting to to not stick to one genre and go and do lots of different things and stuff that you know what you were probably true to wanting to make as well as as doing this house stuff as well you know what i mean being able to do everything i just think is is brilliant
0: and we had some really good um r&b projects together like our r&b stuff is slamming and we're really proud of it and we did um concerts with the uh Philharmonic Orchestra. We mostly would be on keyboards and play with the Philharmonic and we would do dance music and some soul music with the uh, Philharmonic. Wow. It was really cool. Wow. Yeah. And we were doing that way back before um everybody yeah, started doing the, it. Yes. Quite, ministry of yeah, sound yeah,
1: yeah. and all that. Okay. What I'm interested in then is you do the house thing and then you're back doing um you're doing amazing R and 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 hip-hop stuff, and all the rest of it. How on earth did Nasty Girl happen then?
0: Ah, Nasty Girl came about because I have a band here in New York. It's called Dysfunction, you know, with funk in capital. <laughs> it's nice. a funk band, funk R&B band, and um, I would always sing Nasty Girl, and I would do it in my way. I would break it down and then go, into take me to the river, yeah, and yeah. do all these different things, and it's like a 10-minute medley. And people would say to me, yo, you need to re-record that, man. You need to do that, shorty. And I would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one too many times, you know, someone came and would go, I think you should record that again. And I was like, you know, I need to pay attention before somebody else does it. So when I got back to Germany, Moosey and I were working on a project for someone else. I said Moose, and I remember being in the booth. Moose, I want to do Nasty Girl. Remember Nasty Girl by um, Vanity 6? He said, "Oh yeah, I love that track." I said, "Yeah, I want to do that. I want to do a remake. Um, you think you can flip me a track?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's." And a matter, a matter of fact, let's just work on it. Do something real quick after we're done with this session. And I said, "Bet." So we did our session, um, and I went into the booth actually, and I said, "Moose," and he said, "Yeah." And I held up the vinyl he had he was you know going through his records and had stacks of records stacks of vinyl records in the the um uh, the vocal booth yeah and i looked down to my left and face up on top of the stack was nasty girl looking at me
1: really and i reached down and
0: i held it up i said moose look and he said oh my god we have to record it we have to record it so we finished what we were doing he made a loop from the re- actual record he made the loop just for me to sing to just yeah. enough for me to sing to yeah. and I sang it my way sang it down and he just let me go ahead and do whatever I want to do I go I need another track okay and, you know and he would do it and he said okay leave this with me and um, I'll have something soon and when he finished he said listen to this he sent it I was like what and then we put it out and it blew up
1: that's <laughs> incredible again to have a you know the the records like looking at you in the booth it's it's a sign right yeah
0: that was total feet.
1: How did that get from what you'd done with Moose to to the kind of mashup of MJ and was that was that happening when you and Moose were demoing it, or or was it something that happened long after?
0: Well, mostly didn't do that remix. It was riff and Ray's, ah, right. And they, you know, we had a few remixers or whatever, but theirs stuck and became the main mix. So that's the one we did the video to,
1: right? Their that's, mix, that's because
0: th- it was more pop. You know, pop-oriented, whereas Moustie's was deeper.
1: Right. I was going to say the version that I'm more aware of, very much so, because of the music video and how it was played across Europe, was yep. the Riffs and Riffs and Rays version. But I didn't realise that was uh, that's a remix, right? I always yes. I was. I'm trying to. I was trying to figure out how and who how that had happened. <laughs> So I don't even... I don't think I even know the original version that you and Moose put together. That's shocking. I do apologize for that because I should oh i no should God. know better. There you go. Right, everybody who's <laughs> listening to this show right now, I want you to find the original version that Moose and I did because I'm sure it's amazing. Both of you are incredible yeah. um, artists. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to somewhat it apologize for just... just the beat just, and bass. Really?
0: <laughs> just the beat and bass, yeah. It's like... Zzz, zzz, zzz. And that's
1: it i think i need to find that but it's going to be yeah, people shouting a... at their computers and at the radio now going you idiot you should know this and i'm gonna hold my hands up <laughs> and and just apologize profusely so yeah i mean it's incredible 100 is it that's 120 releases you've had? is it or is it is it more than that now well what... it,
0: it, it's more than that i stopped counting at 120 i i really do have to do some counting and look at my <laughs> look at my catalog and count but yeah. um, at 120 i stopped counting
1: and how how are things right now what what have you been doing what are you working on what's happening right now for anaya i've been writing a
0: lot of r&b and pop stuff and some rock feel stuff because i am uh, signed with an agency who helped me to get sync licensing, so that I can get my stuff on TV. A new a new um, show called Hightown Town uh, just came out this summer, and the very first episode, I'm thinking, you know, I'm submitting new stuff. You know what song they took? Keep pushing.
1: Really? <laughs> 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 but yeah. it works, you know. They, you know. Yes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta just. But the good thing. The good thing is that um, there's
0: a show called Queen Sugar. I think it's on Oprah Winfrey's network. Um, It's called Queen Sugar. And they took one of my R&B ballads um, that has not yet been released. And they accepted that. And that's come out. Yeah, I've been really focused on my sync licensing. But I um, also have a song coming out called Holding On to Hope. I think it's going to be kind of the last of my hope series. Cause you know, you and I have got to have, we have, yeah. And that's a hope. Yeah. And that's a hope song. Then I have people of the world out right now with Guy Shiman of Israel. And then I have, um, alone 2020, which is with Gabri Venus out of Italy. Um, and then, holding on to hope is still to come the wow. video is released but we have not released the the single nor the, nor its mixes so they're soon to come after that hope series is complete um i'm working on a cover project i'm not going to say which artist but i'm working on a cover project i've been working on it for three years it's the longest i've ever taken to do any project because i just want to make sure it's right yeah and it's this artist's songs reimagined oh, wow. so I had them produced in a whole other way if it were uh, if it was a ballad it's now Tribal House or something Oh wicked. Like that. and it's totally flipped
1: you, you're not going to say the name but it's somebody we'd all know right yes it's wicked exciting yes a, a classic icon it's brilliant. an icons brilliant music, yeah can't wait so when are we likely to hear that
0: well i am i've just finished mixing the fourth song i have four more to go okay. so <laughs> i'm hoping to be done mixing them this summer my aim and my ambition is to put it out in january because january is my birthday month so um, I, I would be Releasing this baby, hopefully, for my birthday in January. That's that's fingers crossed. That's the plan.
1: <laughs> that's the plan. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Now, if people want to connect with you, Inaya, how do you like people to connect? What's your preferred social media? Or do you just say, it doesn't matter how you contact me?
0: It doesn't really matter. But the easiest way is if you're on Instagram, just look for it at Inaya Day. If you're on Facebook, it's Inaya Day music. Yeah, if you look for Inaya Day, you'll find me.
1: Fantastic. Well, Inaya, I can't thank you enough for spending a bit of time with us today and and just giving the story of, of your you know a part of your amazing career you know and and what the house fans in the uk you know wanting to find out more about what you've been doing so thank you for for sharing your time today
0: thank you for having me i
1: appreciate it absolute pleasure and yeah we'll speak soon yes yes
0: yes anytime secrets of a dance hit with Ridney
1: huge thanks to this week's guests and of course to you for tuning in if you've missed any of the previous shows they are available on Spotify or Apple or the usual providers just search out Ridney or Secrets of a Dance here they should all pop up and of course don't forget if you're feeling generous uh, drop a donation into the Patreon patreon.com slash Ridney and hopefully we can get some more artists on the show and a big up of course to Carl Hannigan for all his amazing efforts on the show thank you sir and we will do it again soon till then see ya